The need for self-care is not a new topic for us as mothers and business owners, right? Motherhood brings challenges, business can bring more, and so if we want to move out of struggle and into more joy, that path must include self-care. But knowing and doing are two different things. Sure, you might know that self-care is important, but are you actually caring sufficiently for yourself? Are you asking for what you need and making that time for yourself? Or are you finding that your own self-care is often the first thing to slide when things get busy? If so, you wouldn't be alone, my love. I get it. And so does today's guest, Sarah Campen. Sarah is the founder of the Nourish app. That's the well-being app for mothers, and she's on a mission to transform parental well-being. So I know you're going to love what she's all about. Sarah shares with us her own journey from burnout, loneliness, and guilt to purpose and passion, and how it was that inner work that really facilitated that transformation. So join Sarah and I today as we delve into the topic of nourishing our minds, taking care of ourselves from within, and feeling empowered to ask for what we need as women. And I know that can be tricky for us, right? So we're going to talk about that. (laughs) Because Sarah believes that we all deserve more joy in our lives. And you know, I happen to agree with that. Are you ready for more joy, my love? Then let's do this. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast. I'm your host, Corey Javid, money mindset expert, success coach, mother, tea drinker, energy obsessed, manifester, afternoon bath lover, and thought leader in financial empowerment for mums. I know that we get to be successful because we are mothers, not in spite of it. And so around here, we do things differently. I've torn up the business rule book and created a new paradigm for us, one in which we create results using energy instead of effort. I'm on a mission to help you ditch the old way of creating success. You know the one where you work hard, hustle, and sacrifice, ew, (laughs) and instead teach you how to increase your impact and income without increasing your hours and how to manifest your dreams. So if you're a mother who's ready to learn how to elevate your energy to start making bank and start living your limitless life, this is your podcast, my love, and I'm your new biz bestie. Join me as we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Hello, hello, Limitless Mothers. How are you doing? It's your self-proclaimed business bestie here, Cory Javid from CoryJavid.com. Oh my goodness, how the devil are you? Are you having a fabulous week thus far as whichever point in the week this is that you're listening to this. <laughs> I hope so. I'll just give you a little update on what's been going going on over here. Um, no progress update on the van life situation, although I've had so many of you reach out and tell me that you definitely want me to in some way document um, our van adventure from van to camper van conversion and actually out there using it. So I'm listening. I hear you, my loves. I think we may well have to start some kind of something. Instagram account, YouTube channel, haven't decided yet. But yeah, feeling excited about that. Um, But yeah, no, we're just waiting for um, a build date from the factory at the moment. So ho-hum, twiddling our thumbs, (laughs) it'll happen. Um, 
The other update is, I think I might have mentioned this on the last show. I'm kind of recording some things out of order at the moment. Um, but I did it again. I did... <laughs> I did that thing where I was like, hey, get on the waiting list for the Elevated Abundance Mastermind. And then all of the spaces went, my love, before we could do an official like, yay, it's open for enrollment thing. So I didn't even send the yay, it's open for enrollment um, email out or anything. Um, I, might, I might do that because we're going to enroll now for September instead. <laughs> but oops, I did it again. Um, it's super popular, the Elevated Abundance Mastermind. And with good reason, it isn't epic container where you get to hang out with your new group of business besties, be coached by me, uh, and you learn how to use your energy to create some business magic. And by business man magic, I mean, yes, <laughs> money in the bank, but not just money in the bank. You know, that's not how I roll. I've got no interest in just helping you earn more money, earning more money in a way that feels amazing in a way that lights you up and having plenty of balance in your life. So if that sounds good to you and you want to work with me this year, then my love, head over to corriejavid.com forward slash elevate, book a call, click on one of the shiny green buttons, book in a chat with me. You know I'm super chilled. It's not going to be anything to worry about. I'm not looking to hard sell anybody into this ever. I'm just looking to have a chat with you. If you're at all interested, um, book that call and we can talk about saving a space for September now, um, which means that you get to have the summer relaxing and chilling in the knowledge that come September, you're going to receive just the most dreamy support. That's going to feel so good and really move the needle on your business in an amazing way. So that sounds good, head over to corriejavid.com forward slash elevate and come and book a chat with me. I would love to chat with you. Okay, so speaking of balance, just a second ago, um, I'm joined today by my guest, Sarah Campin. So as I mentioned in the intro there, um, before the, well, I was just going to say before the intro, the intro before the intro, we call it the hook, the bit at the beginning of the show. Um, Sarah is the founder of Nourish, a well-being app for mothers. and. I think you're really going to love Sarah's story because she's like super honest with us about how she felt when she became a mother and those feelings of guilt and isolation and loneliness that I'm sure so many of us can relate to and how she had to kind of really re-examine, you know, what she was doing in her life and what was important, etc. She's so generous with sharing her story with us. Um, and I think you're going to really find it interesting. And she is in such a different place now. She has so much more harmony in her life. And she's really on this mission to help other mothers, other parents to enjoy well-being and to find harmony and balance in their lives as well. And so you know we love some harmony and balance around here, so we think you're going to really love what she's got to say. And her and I get into some really great chats about what it took for her to actually make that transition from being really burnt out to actually living in her purpose and finding this new purpose for herself. 
and finding more love and more joy in motherhood and um, how that actually led then to what she's doing right now. Um, we are also, though, chatting about the key barriers that stand between mothers and self-care. Because like I was mentioning, you know, in that hook bit that I was just talking about, <laughs> um, it, you know, we know that self-care is important, but I also understand how it can be difficult to prioritize that self-care, to make time for it. And there are definitely clear barriers that get in the way. So Sarah and I dig into those and um, she shares what she sees as being the kind of key barriers and her best tips for overcoming them. So you're going to love those. Definitely have some takeaways from today's show. And we also dive deeper into giving ourselves permission to ask for what we need as women. This can be so tricky. We are so conditioned by society to not ask, to not seem to need, to just do it ourselves, keep quiet, not encroach on anybody else's time or not be an inconvenience or a burden. And because we're so conditioned to not be all those things and we find it much harder to ask for what we need. But when we don't get what we need, then actually it's to the detriment, not just of us and our energy and our joy, but it's a thief of joy for all the people around us too, right? So we really get into that um, topic and I just love our conversation. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Sarah and let's get this cracking. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> I'm so pleased to have you. Um, so let's get stuck in and let my lovely listeners get to know you a little bit. So you have an app, which I think is very impressive sounding and I just, and I want to get into that. But first, I want everybody to get to know like you a little bit. So tell us about you and how you came to actually start your own business because my understanding is that when you had kids you were consulting is that correct yeah well yeah 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 so well, yeah so tell me like how what happened at the point of like motherhood and career and when those two things collided and let's let's jump in there shall we sure yeah so winding back pre-motherhood um I guess I you know I spent 13 or nearly 14 years um, consulting for the life sciences industry, both in, in, in external roles, but also in-house. And I was, um, head of research strategy for a large research charity in the UK when my successful career, as you say, <laughs> collided smack bang with new motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, all the things that I think, you know, helped me excel in my career. <laughs> you know, created a challenge. A lot of those created a challenge for me in new motherhood. The perfection, um, mm-hmm. the need for perfection and control and independence. And, you know, I struggled with my mental health and well-being. I didn't get diagnosed with a mental health condition at the time. Mm-hmm. Looking back, yeah, I probably did have some form of postnatal depression or anxiety. But I didn't relate to that. I didn't identify with it at the time. Um, you know, I was a strong, independent woman. I couldn't be seen mm-hmm. to be failing. Um, but the truth is, you know, I was incredibly lonely um, with mm-hmm. all my mixed emotions. But I also had incredibly high expectations of what motherhood would look like. Yes. And so I, you know, spent a lot of those early months feeling quite like a failure. And, you know, mm-hmm. that I'd failed um, or I wasn't doing things right. 
Tell me a little bit about, if you don't mind me just yeah. jumping in here, tell me a little bit about what do you think made you feel lonely in particular at that time? Um, so I, I was actually lucky enough to, you know, I had a support network through NCT um, and I had an, actually a couple of friends who were going through motherhood at the same time as me. So I was very lucky in that sense mm-hmm. in some ways. But I didn't feel like I could open up to them, honestly, about the emotions that I was struggling with or the real challenges. And it felt a bit like everybody else was acing it and I was. Mm. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and do you think now, do you think looking back, do you think that was true? Like, or do you have a different perspective on it? No, I think that um, it's not true at all. I think, every, you know, a lot of people are struggling in silence with these emotions. And particularly back then, so my first child was, born in 2012 and um you know people are talking about it a lot more honestly these days you know there's a lot more on Instagram there's a lot of people being much especially over the last year I think there's a real opened up Mm. conversation about you know mental health and um and the challenges on our mental health especially as a new mother but I think back then there was a huge expectation and I definitely think you know it wasn't talked about in antenatal classes really and you know and I, I definitely felt very alone in my struggles. Um, and I, mm. and I remember just, you know, some of my best friends almost seeing that struggle in me, but not even knowing how to ask me, not quite knowing you what know, to do. Yeah. And, and I didn't really know how to open up to them. So, um, but you know, we, and, and actually it's on reflection through my journey, you know, and mm. being more open and I guess the, the, um, the journey I've been on with Nourish that has opened up that conversation and a lot of my friends have you know said to me either you know we were worried about you then but we didn't know how to have that conversation or they have said oh me too you know yeah (laughs) Um, Yeah. and I think you know given the like market research that I've done since and that kind of thing I know that very much I am I was not alone (laughs) in those struggles and so if if you're struggling if you're listening to this and you're struggling right now and don't really know who to talk to then then you are definitely not alone. And, you know, I think we'll, we'll come onto this, but very much with nourish, you know, that's something that we really want to tackle is that feeling, you know, just helping mothers validate some of those emotions and struggles that they're feeling. Because I think when you, when you're kind of caught up with all of those emotions and those struggles, it's very easy to just think I'm the only one. Um, yeah. And when you are validated in those, you feel, oh, my God, so much better. <laughs> yes, that's so right. I remember when my daughter was born. She was born around the same time as your first child. Um, and I remember the first night in the hospital. I had to stay in the hospital for quite a few days. But my first night, and my husband was told he had to go home. And I was not prepared for I was like, wait, what? He has to leave? But I'm going to be here on my own then. You know, and I, and I was really freaking out. And I had, I, I had so much. I'd had a difficult birth. I had so much... Um, weird emotion like I was expecting to just be sitting there feeling elated and I felt like that's what people were expecting of me and instead I just felt like scared sad like all these kind of weird mixed emotions and I remember this one friend at the time texting me and saying like everyone else is like oh have the best night you so what a gift what a joy and like genuinely like just coming from a really lovely place it wasn't matching up with what I was feeling and I just felt freaked out that I wasn't feeling that way um and this one particular friend texted me and she said I remember when I had my daughter and that first night she goes and it's probably about that time husband's probably gone home hasn't he 
you're probably freaking out. It's okay. You'll be okay. And I was like, oh my God. And it's that validation that somebody has felt this way too. And obviously that's just like one little kind of particular storyline. I had lots of other mixed yeah. feelings, lots of other times, obviously. But, um, but I just remember just feeling like going from feeling so lonely in it to feeling all of a sudden, oh my goodness, if I like that permission to feel yeah. this way. Like it's yeah. okay to feel this emotion. Yeah, totally. Yeah, saying that. yeah, yeah. totally. And, and I think all of those emotions that show up in motherhood, you know, maybe the frustration mm. and the anger and, that you mm-hmm. feel is a particular one that we, you know, feels really uncomfortable when you feel yeah. that anger towards your... Because motherhood's a gift, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and everyone says it. And it and, is, but it, and it's... But, but sometimes I think we have this idea that it should be so perfect and that any time that it's not perfect or we don't feel perfect in it, that that's like not okay. You know, we're like, no, it's it's still a human experience. It's supposed to have a multifaceted emotional experience to it, even though overall it's a gift. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, totally. Exactly. And and all of that stuff. And then and I think, you know, I think about stories um, of when, you know, those early day stories, my, um, you know, and I was saying earlier, those, those traits that made me really good at my job and like mm. that independence and, you know, problem solving and liking things in order and routine and, and structure. And mm. um, I remember my, I had to go into hospital six months after my daughter was born um, for removal of a cyst on my ovary. And my mm. daughter was exclusively breastfed. I had tried to get her onto a bottle, bottle but it was literally the most anxiety-provoking oh, <laughs> situation. Yeah. And we couldn't get her to take a bottle. And and I wrote 13 pages of notes for my husband and my mother. Um, yeah. and, and I look back now and I'm like, oh, gosh. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. but it's, you know, that all of those things that, we go through as new mothers and just not you know wanting to be in control of every situation and you know and then the pain that we feel when we can't and the stress that can show up and all of that stuff um and it's just like somebody took your kind of life your personality and kind of threw it up in the air and shot it <laughs> Do you know what I mean? you're like, and you're like finding where the pieces land and trying to fix everything back together again and it just doesn't quite work in the same way as it did before is it it's because it's such a it's such an upheaval personally like so much of it is is beautiful and amazing but it is such an upheaval and disruption isn't it yeah that it kind of leaves you feeling a bit sort of like I don't really know like how I'm gonna now try and apply all those things that I used to do to this situation and sometimes it works and sometimes it just doesn't you know totally totally exactly um and I and I look back now and I think oh god I wish I had the knowledge and tools that I have now to to navigate all of that and I know that a lot of that is just hindsight and and learning and we all have to go through that but I think Mm. you know back then I didn't know the meaning of self-care and I didn't have any of the kind of psychology insights or you know even to challenge my thoughts and things like that um that I have now and you know it, it wasn't I mean as I said I I didn't identify then as having a mental health problem and you know I I'm not claiming it was severe in any way shape or form and some people have very severe postnatal depression and Mm -hmm. you know I'm grateful that I wasn't in that place but I think you know I didn't enjoy that first year of motherhood Mm. and you know and and I look on back on that with regret and you know Mm -hmm. and and I think everybody deserves to find more love and joy 
in yeah. in their motherhood journey. Um, and I and I and I kind of I thought it would be different second time round, but um, you know, we always go back with lots of, you know, it's I still didn't have that learning. I didn't have, you know, when I went second time round, um, but my that time round, I did. I had been reflective on how difficult it was the first time around and I did seek professional help um, yeah. and got diagnosed with mild anxiety um, mm-hmm. and was given some antidepressants and then sent on a group CBT course for generalized anxiety and I thought this is just so frustrating because it doesn't talk to the emotions and challenges that I'm facing as a mum. Yeah, um, it's too generalized. It's yeah. too generalized, but you know, it. You know, I kind of took what I was given. I've been and... on that course, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I just spent the whole time going, "This is this doesn't relate to my situation. It's not talking to me." But I'll take, you know, what I'm given, and I'll I'll yeah. take those learnings, try and apply it, yeah. and I'll try and apply it. And you know, and it did open up the door to me. That was the first time I started to challenge my thoughts and, and um, mm. you know, and I came about- actually, that course was the same for me. Like I actually took it off. No, yeah, after becoming a mum, I was just trying to think of the order of events there, but it's the same group-based CBT <laughs> for like stress and anxiety. So it's the same one I've been, yeah. yeah. And, and it was the same for me. Like it, it wasn't really quite hitting the mark um because it wasn't hitting like speaking to the nuances of motherhood and and work and everything uh, that how that combines um but it was like the same as you say like it does let you sort of like look at your thoughts and the actually idea of separating from your thoughts and noticing them and you know was kind of like the first shift for me like oh I can actually do some work in here you know yeah no exactly exactly and I you know, and it was the first real, although I'd heard of mindfulness and I knew people were talking about it, it was actually the first time that I thought, oh, well, actually we'll start to read that book or, you know, and so it was, it, I think it's all the journey, isn't it? Like we, we yeah. shift along that journey. And, but I have to say it wasn't until another two years later when I, you know, I'd kind of rushed back to work with my second, not into the same job, but I went back as an independent strategy consultant. And, you know, and I kind of, uh, to be honest, I kind of rushed back to work because I found looking after my two children just really hard work. And I, and, and, you know, that's a really sad thing to admit, but it is, you know, when you're trying to get it right the whole time. (laughs) But it is, and it is hard. And it's really hard. And that's the truth of it. And it It is really hard. And it's a pity that it's sad to admit it, if you see what I mean. Like, it should just be something that people are like, yeah, you're right. It is hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but we feel almost like um, we can make ourselves feel wrong in that, you know? Yeah. But I think that's exactly, I, w- I wish somebody had just said to me more often, this is just mm-hmm. really hard, you know, mm-hmm. and you're finding it hard because it is hard. And, yeah. you know, under, you know, starting to be compassionate with yourself and realizing that actually, you know, your thoughts aren't back all these things showing up your child is you know there's emotions everywhere and you're exhausted because you've just been working for four days you know in you've been doing a five day a week job in four days you're exhausted and you're showing up and they've been missing you and now they're (laughs) yeah it's it's full on and and now you're trying to switch out of that kind of work mode into mother mode you kind of feel like okay now's my time to be a mom I'm gonna bring my mom a game 
better be super present. You can't be because you're knackered from four, five days shoved into four, <laughs> four. And you've got an emotional toddler who's acting out because they want your attention, right? Because you've not been there for four days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and even before you throw the work into the mix, it's, yeah. it's hard because I think also when we've been trained to be, you know, we spend our whole lives being trained for these jobs that we're now working in you know we've spent a number of years our minds are very busy we're constantly doing we're striving and then to suddenly kind of put us into the motherhood you know situation I totally training with no training (laughs) uh, and I totally take off my hat to those mums who work for who are full-time mums who work full-time as being a mum I like you know I totally take my hat off to them because um I, you know, I, I go slightly mental. <laughs> Do you know who I take my hat off to now? People who voluntarily homeschool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Exactly, like yeah. You are a better person than I, yeah. if that's you. you know? Exactly. Um, There's definitely personality traits that I just don't have. But, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so, so I guess just on that journey and I, so the, the, as you say, the joint CBT, the, the group CBT was that chink in the armor. Yeah. But it wasn't until two years later and I, and I kind of hit burnout from juggling work and motherhood. And, you know, I, I was, I was kind of loving my work in a way. It was stressful, but I was doing pretty well at it. But I was also just burning out at it and I had yeah. nothing left for my kids, you know. Mm we and and I realize now that you know we only have finite resources you know I I learned I I only learned this like four years ago or whatever but um we only have finite resources um mental and energetic resources to get us through the day and as working parents as time and and time but as parents let alone working parents those resources are drained you know constantly being drained by yeah. all the daily demands of parenthood and then you throw work on top of it and work stress and then you've got literally nothing left to show up for you, you know with presence with love with joy with your kids um so I was so how did was, that show up for you how did you how did you feel realizing that you were kind of burnt out and also what did it kind of like look like so I think the the kind of most prominent feature was that I was just very irritable and shouty a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, the snapping. Yeah. Snapping, you know, limited, very limited patience, no patience at all. And, you know, and I just thought, this is not the mum that I want to be. This is not what life is about. And I, there was a Christmas, you know, it was just after my son's second birthday. And, you know, we were just, the whole household was just a shouty mess. And we were all in a lot of tears and we were exhausted. All of us were exhausted. And I just thought this is, you know, something has to change. It yeah. has to be a different way. Um, and I was lucky enough to be on project-based work. So I took some time, you know, I, I decided that after the end of that project, I was going to take some time out. I'd lost the passion for the work that I was doing as well. You know, I, I kind of loved of showing course, up really, and putting though, on my because, heels yeah. and all of that. But yeah. <laughs> But it kind it kind of makes sense because it we can't maintain the passion for something when we are being like pulled in two different directions, right? Yeah. So I think yeah. that that's the other you know prominent feeling of just guilt, you know that yeah. 
guilt was oh my just God, the mum guilt is the mum guilt. Yeah. yeah, and and you know it's manageable when you're able to keep a relatively calm household. Or you know, mum guilt is always with us for one thing or another. But it was just so excessive at that point that it was turning into shame and you know those mm. feelings of failure and those downward spirals. And I was getting stuck in those. And I just yeah, yeah it was. So um, so I. That was kind of turning point and I decided, you know, I, I made that shift of like, okay, well, I need to invest in myself. Um, and yes. that is the first time that I engaged with a coach and started mm-hmm. working with them to just work out, you know, who I was, you know, and mm. where was my purpose? You know, what yeah, what what was I doing with my life? Um, did I would need to be a stay-at-home mom to deal with all this guilt? Mm-hmm. Or actually you know, did I have a greater, you know, was there something else that was going to um, give me that passion whilst also being able to juggle my kids as well? Yeah. And, but, you know, through that, I also started to, you know, that was the, again, the kind of another chink in the journey of, of starting to look after myself. And, um, you know, through that, I realized that I wanted, I had this you know, reflecting on my journey as a mum and how I wanted to, A, find more love and joy in my journey, but also mm. show my other mummers, mothers, um, yep. Those mothers two. and yep. mummers, um, that, you know, they're not alone in this struggle, that, you know, so many people are struggling and can we be more honest about the struggles and the emotions that show up and, but, but also give those practical tips and tools along the way to find more love and joy on that journey. That's that's where I like to see the balance being struck personally, because I, I will like on, on this show, I will always share if I'm like, if I find something a struggle or if something's felt hard, like I like to keep things real. I never want to create any kind of like perfectionist facade. Like it's just not my cup of tea. Um, in fact, I just did an episode as we're recording this um, recently about how I hit the lockdown wall. <laughs> um, however, I also am quite um, passionate about making sure that th- that in sharing struggles and in being realistic about struggles, what we're not doing then though is just giving a kind of um, permission for it that re- that kind of results in just a collected expectation that it will continue to feel hard and struggle and that there's nothing we can do about it. Does that make sense? So I always want it to be like, yes, it can feel like this and here's what you can do about it. So I like those two together that you were just saying because I think sometimes online now that people are opening up a bit more, if we're not careful, it can be a bit like, oh yeah, it is tough. It is hard. Like I see this in the business space in particular amongst um, mothers that and that's why I'm like so kind of vociferous there is that I just think I don't want it to be like just an expectation. Oh, well, we just do struggle and there's nothing that can be done. We just accept it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that's very much, you know, back four years ago or whatever, when I started um you know I started off with a blog and an Instagram account and I think you know that was the first time we connected back then but yeah it was very much okay it's not just about sharing the honesty of motherhood because there were people starting to open up then about or making a making jokes about oh it's so hard and and 
and things mm. but it's like well what's the real what's the real emotions there and how can we navigate yeah. those and also what are we doing about this rather than just going ha ha ha, ha yes yeah. isn't it a bit shit for us yeah <laughs> like, exactly that's nice it's nice to have a bit of humor at it but also what can be done yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly and the practical tips um mm. is just always been for me you know the really important thing and 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 that's very much you know become you know my business is is sharing those practical tips and tools and I think you know back then you know to begin with it was just things that I learned along the way and mindfulness for example was a key part of that but that was the gateway for me to um compassion and Mm. you know yoga and you know changing my mindset from I think you mentioned earlier that kind of punishment of self-care, you know, when self-care yeah. can sometimes be a, like, oh, I must go to the gym for it's like a stick. hour. We beat ourselves with. It's just <laughs> yeah. a new one. Yeah. yeah. Rather than actually tuning in to saying, okay, what do I need? Maybe it's a slow jog or a nice walk in nature or a nap. Or a nap. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and when I, I started this blog and I started um, networking, well, interacting on, on Instagram and I met these amazing women who were talking about the struggles, but also sharing their tips and tools. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing? Because we we see that, I mean, Instagram's wonderful. And we see all these giving tools that people post in there. You know, there's so mm. much richness of content that's coming through. Yeah. But you have to scroll through your feed and it's all a bit like... And you have to remember where it was it. and who and posted it. And yeah, exactly. and you're like, well, when you read it in the moment, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And then you're on to the next post and you've forgotten kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. So how could we create something that's like an on-demand library that you can turn to anytime, anywhere that is very tailored to the emotions and challenges mums face and gives this sense of um, not only support and validation and, you know, as I said earlier, you know, one of the things that I really craved through that journey um, of self-care, even though, you know, I was... I, I did, you know, I downloaded a number of apps and I read books and things like that, but I really needed to feel held and understood as mum yeah. and those emotions and the challenges we feel, we face. Um, so, so creating something that's tailored to mums, really tailored to mums, but also this, you know, tackling this kind of loneliness angle as well by giving this sense of kind of a support team of like real yeah. mums in your pocket. Um, yeah. But that are totally accessible on your terms as well, because I think yes, it's you know I I totally as we were saying earlier, it's really important to feel validated and and kind of have a bit of a download or a whinge on a forum or ask for advice. But sometimes we just want to be in our personal space and not actually mm-hmm. have to show up and yeah, feel like obligated to something that was supposed to help us, and now it's become a, a place where we have to go and like please other people or like show up or something you know yeah exactly so um so how could we bring all those practical tools and practical insights into a safe kind of non-judgmental space that was just about kind of connection compassion calm accessible at your fingertips helping you de-stress restore reboot depending on your needs and preferences in different moments giving you those tools and and helping you find that love and joy and balance love it and so the nourish app was born yeah exactly yeah. your third baby yeah. <laughs> um very much so <laughs> how what how was that process for you like from uh, having the idea like actually i'm going to make this an app because this is going to be most accessible way 
to get this to mothers and just like something just for the listeners something that we were talking about before we actually hit record is the thing that I love about what you've done here is you've you've not just thought about like what do mothers need in terms of like nourishment for their well-being like the content we've also thought about how can we set it up in a way that they engage in it with ease that it's super accessible for them and so I was just, we were just talking about this before we um started hitting record because like I'm obsessed with this like why like the fact that generally out there (laughs) out there in the on those their internets people aren't catering for us as women as mothers and or mothers and business owners specifically enough and in a targeted enough way and so I love that you are doing this I love that you are um thinking of like not just like oh what do they need but and how do they need to consume it you know like that's a beautiful thing so you had this idea that this is going to be the best way to bring this type of content to the women who need it. How did you go from idea to the like thriving app that it is today? <laughs> well, it's definitely a, in big, a nutshell in a, in a journey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think you know it's anybody who says that you know you can go for from concept to getting something live very quickly is just very misguided, particularly you know <laughs> an app. And I think, you know, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot mm. of determination and diligence and hard work to kind of get it from one place to another. And, um, you know, and, and you need to bring people along the way as well. Um, yes. so there's it's not lot... something that you can just embark in, on, embark on solo for sure. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I, um, my journey personal journey you know I in that kind of year after I first start you know paused the project that I was doing there was a lot of coaching that I did about like was I going to go back to consulting was I not you know and and that you know was a lot of inner work that Mm -hmm. I had to go through to do that and then I also actually after that trained as a coach myself um, oh, because right. I just love the power of coaching and yep. the impact and the transformation that you can have. And you know this, but when you go through your own coaching journey, you go through yep. another massive transformation, even yes. though you've done the coaching, yep. you know, you've been coached and you continue to be, to do the work. Um, yeah. Furthermore. That's what's like beautiful about it, in my opinion, is that yeah. it's like that ongoing evolving thing. Like, being coached and then coaching others it's like like continuous growth isn't it yeah 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 and you know and I had there's lots of things I had to be I remember on my training course doing this kind of it was it was a short practical session where we were training um each other in the group um and I but I had this like breakthrough session that was fundamental to kind of getting me to where we are now because Mm. it was almost breaking through that you know I was I was stuck in this journey with nourish you know I had this idea and I was kind of bringing people along the way but just having the guts to really go for it Mm. I had to get over this you know am I going to lose myself to work again and yes and you know this break you know interrupt this guilt and shame spiral that you know can easily show up because I am a bit of a workaholic and I I can Mm. get Stuck Am I just going to burn myself out creating yeah. this app that's supposed to prevent burnout for others? Yes. <laughs> that would be which, ironic. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm, I'm not claiming to have not done. Um, but, <laughs> but now I have the toolkit 
to get me out of mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. um, and I think that's fundamentally, you know, we are all only human and we still have these yeah. traits. And and but you know, now I, you know, and I'm not claiming that I'm a picture of perfect calm each and every day, but I now have the toolkit to turn to in not only each day to support me proactively support me each day but also in those times of real need yes. and struggle to kind of yeah. dip into for, for some some deeper work but um but yeah in short it was a journey I'm and I um but I just thought I w- I'd mentioned that piece because I think that's quite fundamental to just say that mm. it's not simple from a personal there's a lot of internal work obviously on, on, yes. typically there's quite a lot of internal work to just you know get you to get out there to move from that concept to like doing it um and then I imagine there's something like there's an extra so I've not launched an app myself obviously but I imagine there's an extra like layer to it because of just the amount of upfront time and development investment that's required for something like an app before you start to see a return you have to go all in on it you have to be like, no, I'm doing this. I'm going all in, and like, you know, like you said, like really step into it, really own it, and go for it properly. Otherwise, you're not going to give it the best chance to get off the ground. Whereas, with other sorts of, say, services that you might want to market, you could kind of just put a sales page up and see what happens. You know, yeah. um, and you still need to do some of the inner work to feel, you know, worthy of doing that thing and allow yourself to be visible enough and like you know for anybody listening who's at any point on their business journey that that we all know that the inner work is the thing but I just imagine that with an app um there's just an extra couple of barriers to entry there really aren't there that means that you have to kind of dig deeper with the inner work first does that feel true yeah no definitely um and it and it and that's why it takes time as well you know it's it as you say you can you can anybody can create a free web website on Wix or Squarespace or whatever but actually yeah. to develop an app is a costly process as well mm. so it's an investment of time it was an investment of money um and we we actually went through a you know I it was it's also been a collaboration of these well-being experts who provide the content on the app as well so mm. there's a kind of stakeholder management journey as well mm-hmm. um and but um you, you know it was a kind of a year after concept that I really took a pitch to them and I said like you know I this is my idea will you get behind me and they said yeah um go for it but that's even then you're like okay well how are we going to fund this how are we going to take it to the next level um how are you actually going to build it um and so we did a kickstarter crowdfunding campaign in 2018 yeah. um and I mean, we raised a small amount of money, um, £17,500, which if, you know, anybody kind of who works in app development kind of laughs at because that doesn't get you very far. (laughs) Um, But really off the back of the, um, you know, support for the mission and kindness of people in support of the mission, we managed to, and, and the fact that my husband is, a techie and <laughs> mine too <laughs> <laughs> as you say baby number three um yeah. <laughs> he's um uh you know and his support behind me which again was a journey as well yeah. um you know we we enabled us to launch the app 
on the app store um and uh, you know really on a very shoestring budget but then again you know there's one thing launching something and then there's another thing getting the word out so yeah you know and then actually making a go of it once it's out there yeah exactly so um so since then we have taken on some investment and we're looking for some more investment now to kind of take the business to the next level but Mm. it's been yeah so it's been a slow journey and also you know in the beginning I was also working part-time juggling the kids whereas now Mm. I'm working full-time and so it's I think in motherhood because you are juggling these priorities you know it it has taken me longer to get to where we are because um you know than it would say if I was not didn't have kids around um but it's also about you know my journey and the growth and and the journey of you know the team around it that's kind of come together to 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 make to create yeah. it as well so and I also think the point of like having your own business is to enjoy all of it like from day one onwards you know I, I'm quite often like <laughs> talking to clients and saying no 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 <laughs> like it's not that when you get there then you start enjoying it you need to enjoy the whatever path looks like to get to whatever there is for you, you know, because we all have like an idea of the next milestone, the next marker of success or whatever that we're like um, going towards. And that's great. But it's, you know, um, we have to kind of embrace it for what it is, even even in its kind of like messiness along the way a lot of the time. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Totally. So that's the thing. It, it's not like you know if we if we actually get to enjoy the fact that we are mothers along the way too then so much the better and if that means sometimes that things are slower or look different or whatever then so be it as long as the point is is are we enjoying it and are we moving forward you know um i would love to know how different your experience has been now that you're so you're fully in the business now you're not working part-time consulting um how's your experience of juggling business and motherhood versus when you were juggling like your previous career in motherhood I think um that's a a difficult one to ask right now because of the year that we've just had yes (laughs) fair I don't think anyone's having an easy time of that balance right now (laughs) exactly and I think you know I I would definitely you know even my my son is my son started reception last year so kind of he had six yeah. months prior to covid yeah. hip- hitting and and prior to that you know he was at nursery and I was I was working more kind of three days a week but um it's I think you know and this year has been really tough and lines are blurred and some weeks you're winning and some weeks you've got the boundaries in place and you, you you're like okay this I can make this work and some weeks it's all over the place and lines are blurred and you know and and I think as I've said earlier it's about noticing when that happens and and thinking okay what steps are we going to make to to put those boundaries back in place and make sure that you know the self-care is happening and um you know and having that that can be the first thing that goes can't it and then Mm. that that just is sort of is the start of a slippery slope in terms of our like mental well-being and physical well-being isn't it yeah that in the times when we are time crunched like during a pandemic for example um it's often unfortunately the first thing that goes isn't it so I love that you said that it's about like noticing and saying okay like what needs to happen here yeah um and then having that toolkit you know the broad toolkit to turn to so I think Mm. you know 
for example, before we become mothers, you know, we were practicing self-care without even thinking about it. And, you know, we were going to meet our friends for dinner and drinks. And, you know, that was topping us up from the social connection. Or, you know, we'd go to the gym or go for a long run. So when you become a mum, a lot of that goes out the window. So you have to redefine what self-care looks like for you. Um, And, you know, I used to be a, a kind of quite a good runner before I had kids. And hmm. and I did a bit uh, a bit after kids, but it took me a long time to get back into it. And I think that's the same with any kind of self care. Like when you drop off the bandwagon, <laughs> yes. when you drop off the train, it's very yeah. hard to get on because you have these ideals or these expectations of what what you should be able to do. What and it used to be like. What it and, used yeah. to be like. And um and you know and and also what what we need is very different now. And just know, mm. knowing that not only is self care um, not a one-size-fits-all approach, but even our own needs and preferences change in different moments. So yeah. sometimes, you know, breathing, a, a nice breathing exercise might be what we need, or or sometimes a walk in nature. You know, for me, during lockdown, during this year, getting outside into physical open space has been essential yeah. for my well-being to do Same. every Whereas- day previously I would be outside in nature some of the time but it wasn't something that I was like this is essential to my life you yeah. know whereas since the lockdown it's been like I need my outside time you know yeah it's it's yeah it becomes more critical doesn't it yeah exactly um and so just tuning in to what you need but also being able to know that you know in, in you know when I'm feeling this I need this or mm. or what are the things that I'm feeling like this. What are the things I could draw on right now? Maybe it's mm. a yoga nidra meditation to really restore, or maybe it is going for a run, or maybe yeah. it's having a shower. <laughs> you know, just yeah. having some awareness of all the different things that we can reach for in that moment of need, yeah. and having that kind of self care toolkit, like personal self care toolkit, and yeah. um, and that thing that I mentioned about like the hurdle of self care, thinking that you know to go on a run I have to go on a 40 minute run or a half an hour run even just saying actually do you know what, the most important thing is that I get outside for a few minutes and I'm moving my yes. body and yeah. really breaking it down into those but really bite-sized small objectives and small goals and you know and creating those little habits in our day um yeah. that and and those moments of calm that can kind of build up over time and and when we do break it down into really small chunks, you know, we might start with two minutes across mm-hmm. across the day, and then we're like, "Oh, that made me feel good." And then you try five minutes, mm-hmm. and then and then, or you know, going for a run. It's just like a five to ten, you know, couch to to five k. Yes, it's, yeah. It's just breaking it down into small steps, and then you want to do more because you see yeah. the positive impact that it's having. Yeah, yeah. And you start to build that trust with yourself that oh, I was able to show up for this. Yeah. Rather than saying, oh, I haven't run in, you know, two years, I'm going to go for a 45 minute run tomorrow. And then it doesn't work or you're 10 minutes in and you get a phone call and you go back because the toddler's freaking out or whatever the thing is. And then you're like, oh, see, I can't even do this, you know, yeah. whereas if you're kind of like building up to these things and it makes it um, you're building up your own confidence and trust in yourself to do it, aren't you? At the same time, there's actually the habit itself. Yeah, exactly. I love exactly. that. Um, so, you know, that's like one of the barriers to self-care is this idea that it needs to be a certain way. 
um, and you've just kind of like helped like knock that barrier down. What do you think are some of the other barriers to self-care for business owning mothers in particular? Yeah, so I think um, the like number one barrier is that permission mm-hmm. and, you know, overcoming that guilt of, you know, we're constantly giving out and there's constantly things to do. There's yeah. things to Always. do on our ha- house. Especially if you're a business owner, because it's, it's never done. Business is never done. You never reach a finish line. The same as like motherhood. Well, at least until maybe they're 18, but then it arguably still is something, you know, but, but you know, we're just, there's, there's not kind of, we're never at the end of the to-do list and feeling kind of like satisfied in that sense, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and then when we're, especially as business owners, when we're not working, we feel like we should be spending our time with our kids. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and vice versa. It's yeah. just, it's very hard to say, actually I deserve some time for myself but um and and I know it's everybody's heard it so many times before but we cannot pour from an empty cup you know as I said earlier we only have that finite mental and energetic resources and you know self-care is how we make those deposits into that energetic bank balance um and you know enables us to have more resources to be present with our child to show up with calm and to show up with presence and with love and you know again it's been said a million times before but the you know we we have to put our gas mask on first to be able to um to look after those around us and I think just tuning into that is so important 100 percent, 100 we don't get to be the kind of present mothers that we want to be by deprioritizing ourselves all the time it just it's not how it works right we have to have something in there to give here's the thing that I like to say though as well I don't know if you agree on this but I'm sure you do um um, is that like I like I think one of the things is like it's such a barrier this permission piece and we have this sort of sense of guilt and we feel like somehow we're being selfish if we're not doing only things for others and we actually take some time just for us there's this kind of feeling like oh shouldn't I you know, instead of enjoying this bath on my own, shouldn't I be enjoying time with my, you know, child or something? And so one of the ways that we can overcome this barrier, like you're just saying, is like pointing out that we can't pour from a full cup. So in order to be, you know, like happy and present and have energy and patience and things for our business, for our family, whoever, family, friends around us, then we have to fill um, our own cup and look after ourselves. I'm like, yes, and the point of life isn't only to be giving to others. So also, I just want to extra, just layer in an extra bit of permission there that, and it's okay to like enjoy the self-care just for the act of the self-care and not so that we have more to give, but just because it's our life too. <laughs> we should also have some little pockets of it that's just for us, you know? Yeah, totally. I think it's, um, it's you're right. It's so easy to get into that well you know we we need to do it for others and we do which we do help we do and it helps overcome that permission and guilt but also just knowing that you deserve we all deserve more love and joy in our lives Mm -hmm. and and we deserve to be happy happier yes Um, yeah I mean that's the kind of the point it's not like to be happy 100% of the time real humans right but the kind of point is that we find that that enjoyment and it doesn't always have to be about giving you know yeah. it can be about receiving too <laughs> totally yeah um, I love that yeah so what are so, the other barriers and how do so, we overcome them 
so um yeah and the other thing to just say on the permission one is you know mm. I love this from one of my um colleagues um who shares a lot of content on the app um Susie Redding I don't know if you've come mm-hmm, across her yeah. um she she likes to say well try the mantra as well like me as well mm. you know if if you really struggle with me first use say me as well because actually yeah. we all deserve that yeah so the other another key barrier is you know exhaustion you know that feeling yes. you know as we said earlier that you know oh self-care has to mean a long walk or like an hour in the gym or 10K some, run. a 10k yeah. run and just understanding that actually self-care doesn't need to take any more energy in fact it can be restoring that energy in fact that's mm-hmm. a really important one that we don't do nearly enough as mums and um finding ways to just rest and be you know and maybe yeah. that's just sitting on the sofa with a cup of tea and just taking a few minutes to savor that cup of tea and yes. calm the mind and calm the body or maybe it's a um a mindfulness meditation or a body scan or mm. yoga nidra I've only actually came across um you know through the nourish journey um the lovely Sarah Johnson from connect to calm uh contacted me it was off actually after the crowdfunding campaign and said you know I've heard about this app I'd love to like do some yoga nidra on the app and I was like oh I don't know what that is (laughs) you know I was still on my journey um and you know yoga nidra is actually the most popular content on the app um because I think and people don't come to the app necessarily for the yoga nidra initially they come to it for these like you know bite-sized tools to support them in the moment and you know because we're all about advocating you know, giving you that permission and empowering you with the tools to take time for yourself. Yes. But then you find the yoga nidra and you're like, wow, it's just giving me permission yeah. to like, really restore and, um, you know, and calm the mind and body. And I think that is actually what we all need as mums. Yes. Something that's so, and it's like so perfect because given the name, but something that's properly nourishing in that way that it is so restorative and then it doesn't come with some kind of outcome or some kind of like, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's not like ticking something off the list. It's not like super productive or, you know, which like going for a run, like there's nothing, we're not knocking running. Like, hey, if you yeah. love running and it's good for your mental health, like knock yourself out. <laughs> but but that can feel like an accomplishment. Do you see what I mean? And sometimes we can even then use self-care as like a way of still accomplishing to kind of validate ourselves, you know? So like, oh, it's okay for me to have taken that time for myself because I did this accomplishment I ran this far rather than I, I lay down for a while <laughs> and yeah, yeah. to this thing you know um, and I think it's so beautiful when we can actually properly nourish ourselves with just something that just brings us like joy and pleasure and isn't in any way productive or an accomplishment like that's one of my favorite things I'm in fact I'm always like not telling my clients to do this I'm always like when was the last time you took some time just for you and it didn't involve accomplishing something you know so I love that um I no, I love that and and um I couldn't agree more and, and I think um you know I'm a massive fan for mindfulness because you know for me it's been the gateway into self-compassion and taking time yeah. for myself and and adopting these other tools and techniques but you know ultimately you know there's different there's different styles of mindfulness and on the app there's lots of different styles from different contributors but I guess the premise behind you know 
kind of hardcore mindfulness apps and things is about training the mind. And that is, you know, really key for helping us show up as the, you know, calmer versions for us of ourselves more often as parents. Mm. And I, and I'm real advocate for mindfulness, but there is also this pressure of like, you know, it, as you say, it's an, it's like, it, it is gym for the mind. Whereas yeah. yoga nidra is, as you say, that kind of permission, you know, there's no pressure. It's, yeah. it's just giving it's just you lovely. It's just, yeah. <laughs> as you say, nourishing. Um, so yeah. So just the changing that mindset of like self care doesn't have to be more energy expended. Um, and, and again, with exhaustion is like, again, just having that toolkit at your fingertips to say, okay, well, it's, it's not a like, I'm going to do some self care. So it means X means Y. It's like, yeah. okay, well, that's not what I feel right, right, right now. What else could I do to, to support me in this moment? Maybe it's a meditation. Maybe it is a walk in nature or a slow yoga flow. It's, it's having that rich toolkit, you know, at your fingertips. Yeah. And then the, and then the other, I mean, we've talked kind of about, uh, we've kind of touched on the edge of time, um, and being mm-hmm. time poor and busy and reframing it to not mm-hmm. necessarily take so much time or, or, you know, reframing that achievement. But time is just the thing that comes up time, time and time again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, as the biggest barrier, I just don't have time. And, yeah. You know, I, I think often that's the permission piece really getting in our way. But, mm-hmm. you know, how can we make that more accessible? And, um, you know, that's really what we're trying to do. The app is say, you know, let's make self-care easy and accessible for time for busy mums. And mm-hmm. just understanding that, as I said earlier, it can just be start with those bite-sized moments that you dot through the day. So maybe it's, um, you know, a, a kind of, a mindful shower and then mm-hmm. maybe it's um when you're putting the kettle on it's throwing a couple of yoga poses um yeah. or when you go to the toilet you know doing a two-minute breathing exercise mm-hmm. and just finding those moments and it's really important to um you've probably talked about this on your um on the podcast before but finding those triggers through your day those cues yeah. through your day those to habits. marry the habits together yeah yeah and stacking yeah. stacking those little just a really small tiny new thing like yeah a yoga pose or a breathing exercise yeah. that's like so accessible that you can't basically not do it and you almost want it to like start with something that feels like really is there any like it's going to sound kind of silly but you almost want to start with somebody that's something that's so small. If if the time thing is feeling like mega, mega true for you, you want to start with something that feels like, can there even be really any benefit to doing something this small? Like you kind of want it to be that small that you feel like it can't actually benefit you, which is weird because it will benefit you. But it's like, it needs to be that inconsequential that you can like, oh, well, okay, fine, I will do it. You know, because it's one minute or one yoga pose. Like everybody has time for one yoga pose, you know, or one minute or anything. But yeah, I think that's so um so true what you're saying is that it, that it's part of it does come down to permission doesn't it um and can we can we can hide behind time as an excuse um which we don't always want to hear but it can be true because <laughs> it feels true that we are you know we have a lot of pressing demands on our time and no one can um deny that but at the same time um that permission piece comes in but it's the making it really possible is the thing so when we if you know if somebody says oh I want you to start like a meditation practice and meditate for 
um, 25 minutes in the morning and 25 minutes in the afternoon. And you're like a fried mum and business owner who's like not getting enough sleep and, you know, burning candles at both ends. You'd be like, F you. There's no way I can find 25 minutes in the morning, 25 minutes in the afternoon. But like you said, if you're like, oh, I'm just going to do some mindfulness while I'm brushing my teeth or I'm going to, you know, have my cup of tea take it in another room, lock the door if needs be, and just drink it for five minutes. Um, No one's going to like die on the other side of the door in the five minutes that takes me to drink this tea, but do it whilst listening to something or like, do you know what I mean? Like it's that kind of finding out those small pockets and then they build, don't they? Yeah. I used to, um, when I was, because I talk about making time for mindset practices um, a lot and um, because I'm such a believer in it and it's been such a big... um, catalyst for change in my life and in lots of my clients lives but um the, the tip that I share all the time is that the thing that I used to do because everyone says to me oh but I have a toddler that jumps on me first thing in the morning I can't do something in the morning I'm like me too but well, she's not a toddler now but at the time uh, um and so I would take my journal into the toilet with me and I'd go into the toilet first thing in the morning and lock the door <laughs> for five minutes and I would write in my journal while I was on the loo <laughs> you know so sometimes you've got to like it's not glamorous but it gets it done, you know, and it was just that five minutes of focus time in the morning for me made such a difference then to then how I felt for the rest of the day. And it's interesting how small things like that can just make such a huge difference, can't they? Sometimes we can think like, oh, well, if I'm not, you know, meditating for an hour, is it worth it? Yes, even if it's a minute, it's worth it, isn't it? Because it starts to turn the tide. And also it starts to signal to yourself. It's that great self-signaling of I'm worthy of this. Even if it's just this one minute, I'm worthy of this little gift to myself, you know, and then you start to build on it. So I love that. Um, So we talked about barriers mainly being sort of like permission and guilt, exhaustion and time. Do you think those are the key really for mums and self-care? Yeah, I think those are, um, I mean, there are, there are other ones, um, you know, people think that self-care is expensive. Hopefully we've demonstrated mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to mean a spa mm-hmm. weekend or a gym membership. But it can, or, if you're looking for permission, like we'll co-sign on that. Yeah, but yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it doesn't have to be expensive. And I think there is, there is something around, you know, knowledge and having those, you know, accessibility of those tools you know, knowing where to start. And I think that's another thing that we are trying to tackle with the app as well is, um, you know, just to say that it's there. There's a toolkit that you can reach for anytime, anywhere. Um, yeah. There's a wealth of different disciplines. So there's yoga, there's yoga nidra, there's mindfulness, there's psychology insights, there's a bit of nutrition, and breathing exercises. And you can, you know, just because I think that, you know, we can think, oh, it has to mean mindfulness or it has to mean yoga or it has to mean this. And I think it's about exploring and experimenting and seeing what yeah. sits with you. Um, and and so having that practical tool, those practical tools yeah. we talked to about at the beginning. And then obviously there's, and it kind of comes into the permission thing, but the willpower, um, you know, or the, the, the reminder. And, you know, we are, um, in, in addition to the app, um, so the the content on the app, we also send little notifications, just little reminders to mm-hmm. take take time for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And we also have a Facebook group, which is kind of connected with the app. Um, we'd love to, our hope is that we'll bring that into the app so that it's out of social media. Um, yes. But again, yeah. that's again kind of 
just giving a bit more connection to not only the team, but also other like-minded mums who, you know, are looking to build those self-care habits. And then you get that kind of permission that comes from being in a community of women all doing the same yeah. thing, right? Yeah, which I love. Um, the other thing I think, I don't know, tell me if you agree with this, but I think the other barrier is being able to ask for what we need. So I telling whoever else is in our lives, I need 10 minutes right now to go and do this thing, this tool that I have, you know? Yeah, I, I think, think that, that's so connected that's, with the permission thing as well. It's yeah. saying, yeah, I deserve it, you know, mm-hmm. and I can ask for it. And I think that's yeah. a, yeah, definitely. The other, the thing that I've, I see, and I saw myself doing this and I, and my best friend and I had this one conversation this one day and we always refer back to it the day we realized we were being martyrs, basically. Um, we we're like, damn it. Like, we are actually, we were having a good old complaining. We realized that we were the ones at fault because we weren't asking from our respective partners for what we need. We were just expecting them to know it and then gift it to us <laughs> very benevolently rather than saying, hey, um, I need this, you know. And then once we did, they were like, yeah, cool. Like, oh, damn. So it's been us this whole time, just not saying. But I think that, you know, I'm making lines of it, but I do think it is very hard um, sometimes for us as women to ask for what we need like and we're we have so thrust on us this idea that we need to be doing it all and achieving it all and smiling through it all that to say actually do you know what I need 10 minutes right now to go and do this yoga nidra um or I need this two minute break to do this that can be quite challenging for us because um we're not very used to asking for what we need and we're used to doing it or I'll find a way to fit in when it doesn't inconvenience anyone else you know yeah totally and it comes back to you know what we were saying right at the beginning of this conversation um about kind of that independence as well you know being able to ask for help Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it's so hard um and we all struggle with it but um the um there was a we wrote um a month ago or so um we shared a blog post it's on our website um uh which was is written I think it's a just off the top of my head a couple's therapist but it's a, it's about supporting each other's well-being as a couple um and you know if anybody's struggling with that that's a great have a look on our website because it's a great one to send to your partner as a mm. hey because sometimes we need like an external something to tool kind of, yeah. to kind of say, "Hey, break ask the ice me on that I subject." Need. Kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I know that that got shared a bit. My daughter's school kind of gifted this uh, to us recently. It was really interesting because I feel like I manifested this because it was right during the week when I was I hit the energetic and mindset wall. Um, I feel like I. Pretty much of a trooper to make it like however many months into like a pandemic before really hitting the wall in a big way. But anyway, um, that same week they sent home or they set home learning that was um, have a 15 minute conversation separately with every person in your household about how they're feeling right now in this pandemic. And it sort of sparked this kind of like family conversation. And I was like, wow, what a gift from the school to actually, you know, provoke us to have these conversations about like, what are you enjoying about this? And what are you not enjoying? And how are you feeling? And they're like, yeah, I feel that way too, you know, and just kind of 
seeing each other in our experience of it. I was like, that was a beautiful day. (laughs) But I'm going to check out your uh, blog post as well. Um, So good. Yeah, I think, and also just the more we talk about it, I think the more we normalize asking for what we need, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that's what we need to all practice as a community of of women and also encourage each other to do and cheer each other on in it and, and let each other know when we've done it and it's succeeded and we're feeling good about it, you know, so... Yeah, we can stop stop making it the norm that we just soldier on valiantly, you know, um, and not ask for help, and instead start turning the tide and make it like make that the cool badge of honor. I asked for help today. Yes, yeah. check me out. Rather than I'm so busy, you know, yeah. being the badge of honor. Um, oh, I love this. I love this topic. I feel like we could talk about it forever, but I'm respectful of your time being the limited resource that it is um because we all have that same time resource situation um but thank you so much for coming on to the show today and like opening up this conversation in a, in a deeper way for everyone listening um and i understand you've got um something lovely that you'd like to share with listeners if they're interested in having a, a well with your app yeah sure so um yeah so do go and check out the app. Um, you can download it from on, on iOS or Android. Um, if you click on the links on our website, which is just www.thenourishapp.com. And then when you sign we'll up... We'll pop that in the show notes we as well, can put just that so it's extra easy. Yeah. Um, but when you sign up, um, there's an opportunity to enter a referral code. And just if you use share self-care, in capital letters then we'll send you an extra digital freebie um as well um and if you are a critical worker um you work for the nhs or you're a teacher or another type of critical worker then we're actually offering nourish premium free until the end of june as well so you can find that um the details of how to access that on our website under covid support um but yeah but the app is free to try out um you can try all the premium content for free um and then it's a very small subscription after that um but there's always a free version if you just want to access that as well i love that that's so beautiful and i love that you're doing that for those critical workers too thank you thank you for sharing that that's amazing um I've loved this. I'm going to put all of your information, everything that you just said, I'm going to put it in the show notes for everybody so you ladies can go and poke on the link in your podcast player, head over there, find out what you need to know, go and get the app, try it out, see what you think, get the freebie. (laughs) Who doesn't love a freebie? Um, And where can we find you on the socials? Where do you hang out? So mainly on um, Instagram, um, which is just at the Nourish app um easy but you can also find us on facebook and as as i said we've also got a facebook community which is um self-care for mums community um so feel free to join that um as well and we're also on twitter as well at the nourish app all the places i love it yay thank you so much for coming on thank you for sharing so honestly like your story because i know that's such a gift to anybody who's listening who is going through something similar or has been through something similar um i think the more that we are just honest about our experiences like the 
better it is for all of us because we start to quickly realize, you know, as you and I realized like later than we did back when we were more struggling or suffering that we're not on our on our own in any of the ways that we're we're feeling. And so I love that you just um, were so open and generous in sharing your story today and also your tips and advice. It's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. So my love, you know what they say, sharing is caring. If you loved today's episode, then help a mother out. I would be so grateful if you would take a screenshot of this episode in your podcast player right now and post it to your Insta stories, tagging me at Corrie Javid and help me get the word out that we get to be successful because we're mothers, not in spite of it. Let's save as many other mothers in biz as we can from this old paradigm of hustle, effort, and sacrifice. And let's spread the word on energy over effort, shall we? Thanks, love.